Meet some of the most interesting guests the Internet has to offer. You're listening to KEM Top Talk Presents Maribel Blue Unfiltered. And I'm also very religious. 
you know, I, uh, you know, I'm very spiritual. I have some religious rituals. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is something that we need to talk about. Absolutely. So thank and you. you know, it's, it's, here's the, here's the, the funny thing, like not funny, hilarious, but like, I think people would say, gee, wow, you know, the profession that you're in, I'm surprised that you would practice any type of religion or spirituality, because I think a lot of the times um, people on the outside view us, our community, as maybe animals. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting in touch with that animal spirit, if you will, because that's your specialty. However, um, just because people practice certain lifestyles, it doesn't mean that they don't have some form of spirituality. Now, we wanted to talk about, first and foremost, just clarifying the differences between oppression and repression, um, because I know you and I shared notes, and if it's okay for me to share with with the audience, um, just the meanings that we found online, sexual repression is a state in which a person is prevented from expressing their own sexuality. Sexual repression is often associated with feelings of guilt or shame being associated with sexual impulses. Now, this is this is like really deep because um, somebody that I interviewed, oh, I said I was going to make announcements. I'll, I'll do it in a bit. But somebody that mm-hmm. I interviewed, um, we did talk about that on on the show. And I guess I'll make the announcement now. Um, I interviewed Dr. Susie, uh, Dr. Susie Block from the Dr. Susan Institute. And wow, like what an interview that was. There's three (laughs) interviews that are coming out on Skyhawk After Dark starting on Monday. Might as well make it now before we get into the whole sexual repression thing, because there's a lot of things coming up in the next coming week that will be on Skyhawk After Dark. So make sure you log in Monday. This is a big announcement. Monday, I had the privilege, and this is coming out, to interview a former Howard Stern show staffer. Yes, you heard me right, people. (laughs) His name is Brent Hadley and his wife, Caitlin, I had the honor and the privilege of interviewing them. They launched my relationship project and they spoke about swinging and the swinger lifestyle. Most importantly, communicating with your partner about your desires. This was a wonderful, wonderful interview. It will be live on Monday on Skyhawk After Dark, um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, having everybody hear that. And uh, the next interview that will be coming out is with King Lexa. She was also featured on the magazine. We had the most incredible conversation um, that will be coming out after the Brent and Caitlin Hatley interview And then, of course, after that, Dr. Susie. 
So there's a lot of wonderful things going on here in the Kinky Magazine family, the KEM Top Talk family, the Maribel Blue Unfiltered family, just a lot of things going on. And again, I'm excited to have Madame Marguerite, who is my guest today on Unfiltered, and we're talking about sexuality and oppression not and religion, not so much about sex, but about discovering yourself and what are, what are the things that people go through when, you know, they are oppressed. Now, I was reading some uh, definitions here about uh, mm. the associated with sexual impulses. What constitutes sexual repression is subjective and can vary greatly between cultures and moral systems. Um, right. And then examples of oppression so that people would understand um, between the differences between repression and oppression, uh, patriarchy, I can't, sometimes I don't even pronounce this word. Basically, basically oppressive systems, systems that keep people down, that restrict people's rights, take away people's uh, liberties. And that's exactly. It's a system that keeps people down, and repression is, you know, it's more personal, right? So mm-hmm. when someone is repressed, it's more from, you know, social standards, right? So if somebody's repressed, it's because they're, you know, they're made to feel guilty, you know, made to feel bad about their sexuality or something. But to be oppressed, sexually oppressed, means that you, your rights are not there. You, are, you know, you could be punished for your sexual proclivities. You know, uh, your sexuality is criminalized. Um, sexual acts are criminalized, right? That's the difference between oppression and, and repression. Yes. Now, let's get into it. Let's dive into it right now about your personal history with religion. Were you raised with yeah. any type of religion? Were, well, did you discover it along I the way? Think- well, I actually discovered religion on my own. I was not brought up with any religion whatsoever. Um, and I was actually very young. So, you know, but I also grew up in New York, which is a very diverse place. So I knew a lot of people of a lot of different religions, right? So I knew a lot of Jewish people. I knew a lot of Christians, different types of Christians. I knew Jehovah Witness. I knew Catholics. I knew uh, Baptists. Uh, you know, I knew a lot of uh, Muslim people, right? So I knew... You know, people of all different types of backgrounds, all different types of religions, people that practice, like, different types of, you know, uh, just regular spirituality and Buddhism, things like that. So, um, you know, so for me, I was surrounded by religion, but I was not personally raised with it. So nobody, you know, told me what to believe, and I actually discovered religion totally on my own. I was about 11 or 12 years old, and a friend of mine was going to a church for, for a Bible class. And I, I've mm-hmm. always been very interested in writing and very interested in stories and poetry and, and metaphors and things like that. And so I was listening to the stories that they were telling and they were reading from the Bible. And I was very, very interested in it. And so I went up to the person who was reading it and I asked if I could have a copy of the book. Now, when I called it a book, <laughs> the look on her face was priceless. And she, she says to me, it's not a book, it's a Bible. Uh-huh. Like, okay. May I have this Bible? I'd like to, you know, I'd like to read it. <laughs> and so, you know, 
what was interesting about it was this, this Bible, this particular Bible, had three parts. It had the Old Testament, the Apocrypha, and the New Testament. And when I read these okay. books, I really felt, you know, I really understood. There were two religions that I really understood. They were mm-hmm. Islam and Judaism. Okay? It was Islam and Judaism. So at this point, I really could have gone uh, either way, but basically it was, to be honest with you, it was semantics that led me more into Judaism rather than um, Islam. You know, things like, you know, the synagogue was closer and things like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just little details here and there. But when I read these books, you know, one of the very first things that I did was I started observing Shabbat, which is the Sabbath, which is the day of mm-hmm. And I started, you know, I still to this day, I mean, you'll see this video because it's Saturday. I have, you know, my head covered. and But every Saturday, I think we talked about sun goes down on Friday night. I cover my head, I cover my shoulders, I cover the crease between my legs, and I I wash the week away, right? And mm-hmm. I have my mm-hmm. and I spend the whole night reflecting, and then the whole next day, Saturday, I do the same thing. And I don't end it until I go to sleep. Most people end it at sundown, but I like to stretch it a little longer and go till I fall asleep. But, um, but that was really how it all started. And I eventually converted to Judaism, and mm-hmm. I practiced as Orthodox Jewish for a long time, so I studied the Torah. I studied, I read the, the Bible more than once. I read the Torah many times, but I also was reading the Quran. And I've already read the Quran twice. And you know, through doing so, and with my knowledge of Judaism, and with my knowledge of the Torah and the, the scriptures, the Bible, I feel I very much understand the Quran very well because basically, these books, if you know. The Torah is the beginning of the Old Testament, right? It's the first five yeah. books of the Old Testament. And then you have the, mm-hmm. the Old Testament, the Apocrypha, and the New Testament. And the Quran is basically a, it's Muhammad's, uh, the final prophet's interpretation of all these books combined, okay? So mm-hmm. it's like a, mm-hmm. an abridged version of all these religions. So, and these are all called the uh, Abrahamic religion. So that was, um, so that was my personal journey, how I stumbled upon it. Now, let me ask you a question, because you you mentioned converting to Judaism, being raised with really no religion, and finding mm-hmm. religion. Was there ever a time in your studies that you were told that you couldn't do certain things or or be a certain way, and did that bring oh, yeah. up any conflicts with your lifestyle? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things that I liked about Judaism is that you know people are really encouraged to challenge the word and really have discussions, really get into discussions. Which I like, but what that would always result in, that would always turn into, um, you know, discussions about, like, because I was very, there are a lot of things that I do that are very much, uh, you know, more the Muslim way, you know. I'm very much in between, uh, you know, Jewish and, and Muslim, you know, and there's still some things that I, I believe that, you know, the Jewish culture, uh, you know, speaks to me a little more. But, I mean, really, there's a lot of elements of Islam in the way I practice, and so I hear a lot about that, you know. My rabbi would joke with me and he would say, you know, really, you're Muslim. <laughs> you know, and he <laughs> but, you know, there was some truth to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was some truth to it. But he, would say, but he would say that. He would say, really, you're Muslim. So, um, 
you know, but there would be a lot of things because there's some disagreements in, you know, between the Torah and the Crown. You know, um, kosher laws, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and then, you know, kosher laws versus halal, right? So kosher says that you can't eat uh, giraffe and you can't eat uh, camel. But, uh, you know, halal says different. You know, so it's things like that. And you know, personally, well, why would one pe- why why would people want to eat a giraffe or a camel? Is that a well, joke? Well, hold on a second. <laughs> I'll let me explain it to you, Maribel. I'll break that down to you very, very easily. Okay, where do you have a giraffe? You where do you have giraffe? You have where are giraffes? You have to go somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it's just, no, no, it's no, just no, not... no, 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 no. Where are they a giraffe? Where are they a giraffe? In Africa, right? Yes. And and camels are in the Middle East, right? They're in places yes. where they have a lot of sand, right? Okay, so right. in these areas, they're sold, it's all, you know, it's, there's not a lot of grass. There's not a lot of grass. It's all sand. So you can't have cattle. You can't have mm-hmm. sheep. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you're not fishing. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go for the zebras that the lions roll, that, uh, that run by the thousands? Or how about <laughs> the water buffalo? They go by the thousands. <laughs> or are you going to compete with the lions? Are you going to eat the lions? So well, if you have I'll a very big you. family, and they did have very big families, because polygamy is the way, they have very, very big families. You've got to get a big animal to feed a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it's got to be an animal that's calm enough and docile enough for you to be able to hunt it and kill it. Right. Because yeah, exactly. Because we're not talking about I mean, space. It's, it's, so, it's so, not you know, something that... that... So you know what I'm saying? To say that those are illegal for people to eat basically is telling people that they, people of that part of the world, that they can't eat anything, mm-hmm. you know, which to me is, you know, that's political, you know, that, yes. isn't, that isn't what, you know, uh, you know, that isn't what Allah intends, mm-hmm. you know, now, so it's things like that. Here, here's, here's the flip side to things because you know, in our society, we're raised to believe in certain things and raised to think that certain uh, lifestyles or certain acts of, of a sexual nature is wrong and you're going to get punished and all of these fictitious things. You find out later in life that it's fictitious, but, yeah. you know, while it's happening, People have a tendency to believe it, and then people get stuck yeah. in that realm. Have you ever had the experience of somebody coming in and saying, you know, madam, I want to explore this, but I'm afraid because I was taught with this, you know, religious idea mm-hmm. that these things are wrong, and these, even yeah. thinking about it is wrong. How, what direction do you take? to be able to to walk through that with the person and, yeah. and help I mean, them well, understand that certain behaviors are probably not wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, that happens all the time. You know, I have a lot of, and, you know, all different types of people, right? So I have people that are Mormon that come to me. I have people that are, uh, you know, strict Christians, very different types of Christians, Jehovah Witness. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of Muslim men that come to me. And, you know, um, we have Ramadan coming up. It's not even necessarily sexual nature, but just, you know, I have men who beat themselves up because, you know, it's very difficult for them not to masturbate or have sex during daylight hours during Ramadan. Right. It's not the food of the one that catches them up. It's, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, being told that they can't have orgasms while the sun is up, you know, and they beat themselves <laughs> up, you know, they feel like, you know, every year they, they feel like failures because they, you know, um, now listen, do I feel bad for them that they can't have orgasms during daylight? Not in the slightest, not even a little bit, but I do feel mm-hmm. very bad for them. I, you know, it hurts me to see how much they beat themselves up when they, you know, they don't succeed when they don't reach their goals, you know, because they feel like such crap and, you know, it, it's very damaging. But, you know, the course of action, I say, number one, I try to make sure that I'm reinforcing their self-esteem and, you know, acknowledging that, you know, regardless of what their religion says and what their congregation feels about them, they still have a community, right? So they have somebody, if nobody else, they have at least very much me. But also, I get back to the core of where these beliefs and where these ideas come from, right? Because they all mm-hmm. come from somewhere. And yes. Your spirituality has, you know, religion really has three parts. It's got the text that, the, the, you know, the people base the religion on. It's got the religion mm-hmm. itself. And then it's mm-hmm. got the culture. So yes. the text, the original text, first of all, the text, originally, when the stories first came about, they were not written. They were not written. They were orally. They were passed down hundreds of years orally, okay? Told, retold, mm-hmm. retold, retold. They're not retold in the same exact words. Okay? Also... Where they were printed, they were printed many, many different ways and many different times. You know, you and I were talking mm-hmm. about this earlier. You and I could have this conversation in the same language, and I say something, and I mean one thing, but you think I mean something else. So Absolutely. When you take, when you, so when you take text and you translate it to another language, again, that happens. And there's changes that happen for all different kinds of reasons, and we have evidence of that once these scriptures and these passages started to be printed. Now we have evidence of that. We have evidence of people intentionally changing one word so that the entire statement means something different, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you break it down that way, you know, the ancient books had a very different perspective about sexuality than we did today. And there's no mention of homosexuality in the original Torah, okay? These are things that were added in later on. They said the, the text, what the text says, is that you should not have, uh, you know, participate in abominable sexual acts. But it doesn't define, mm-hmm. you know, what that means. And then later on, the, cha- the words would change to fornication. And then right. later on, in, all the way later on, in 1946, as a matter of fact, later on, that far later on, it was changed to include things to specific homosexual acts. That's when, it, it, that's when the words became... You know, man, you know, should not lay with other men, and you know, it's better for him to throw himself off a cliff than to, uh, you know, partake in these abominable, you know, these abominations and things. That was added in later on. Okay, these are not what our ancestors thousands and thousands of years ago were uh, holding on to. And even if mm-hmm. you look at the Christian, right? Christianity today says that you know, a, a marriage is between a man and a woman, but all these religions come from the same place. Okay, right. so you had Abraham, so you have Abraham, and Abraham is, you know, basically the Bible, if you've ever read the Bible from front to back, and anybody who hasn't read it, it's, yeah. it's basically a book about two things. It's a book about two things. It's a book about um, the lineage, right, the lives yes. of, uh, you know, the people that are, that started the nations, right, so it's the bloodline mm-hmm. of, of God's people, and it's also a book of, you know, uh, guidelines. To live by, mm-hmm. laws and powers, mm-hmm. right? And it's a collection of books. It's not just mm-hmm. one book. It's, it's books that were ma- written by many different people during
during many different times and put together and decided that, okay, this is going to be a collection of, of books, of Bibles. And it was actually the uh, England mm-hmm. who put together the first Bible. Okay, so, you know, the world is, is relying on these books that were put together in a way that were, you know, um, in many ways they were, they were calculated. And the mm-hmm. changes that were in these texts were calculated. Because ancient uh, Judaism, it sees sex very differently than the way we do. You know, like I said, polygamy is the way in many religious places in the world today, and polygamy was the way thousands of years ago. So mm-hmm. even, even the structure of marriage, as Christianity defines it, you know, goes against what, you know, Judaism says, goes against what uh, Islam says. You know, and even forget about that, just the Arab nation. Because mm-hmm. Islam, of all those religions, is the youngest. Although it should be the oldest because, you know, anybody that is, you know, Muslims will tell you that because it's, uh, you know, they believe that this is like the true way, they'll say that it is yeah. always sin, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, but in terms of how old the books are and how old, you know, when people started practicing it, you know, Islam is the most recent. The oldest is Judaism. So if you're looking at the older original text, you can see, you can literally see that they were changed. And you could look at what was happening in the world during those times and piece together why those texts might have been changed. Well, let me let me ask you a question because I'm writing some questions down and I don't want to forget and just stay on, on the trend of, of what we're talking about because you've made a... a a comment about how the literature started to change, especially when it came to the suggestions of homosexuality, that it was better off that you killed yourself as opposed to being true to who you were inside and what you felt Mm -hmm. for another person. Because when we think about love, we're thinking about, what we feel for another person, not that they are the same sex. I mean, at least for us normal people, that is the way we understand it. However, when this literature started to come about, it had to come from a person who didn't feel comfortable with their own feelings. See, this is the way I look at things, especially when it comes to sexuality or any type of oppression is that when somebody feels a certain way about a group or, or a nation, it is because they don't like themselves. They actually hate themselves. So because they hate that part of themselves. Yeah. I mean, self-loathing is definitely, uh, you know, a catalyst for a lot of abusive behavior. I mean, it, it might not be the only catalyst, but it's definitely, certainly, uh, without a doubt, a catalyst of abusive behavior. And, you mm-hmm. know, if you look at this, well, like you said, again, if we look at the times, right, um, it, you know, so that that language was introduced in 1946. It was published, it was in R, RSV New Testament published from 1946 to 1970, okay? Mm-hmm. And what this does was, this, now this was already the second, um, change. It mm-hmm. changed all the mention of fornication. Instead of just mentioning fornication, it started listing specific types of fornication. And it mm-hmm. was uh, Maimonides, who was the first one to actually condemn uh, lesbianism. Okay? Mm-hmm. Maimonides mm-hmm. was the first one. Maimonides is, you know, 
uh, much more recent, long after uh, Jesus. Okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, these are, you know, uh, and if you look at, like I said, if you look at the time, 1946, 1946, what was going on in the world? Well, we just had the world, Second World War, and, you know, you know the book running in the Holocaust, right? Germany was doing mm-hmm. books, you know, about that, and all the institutions that were spreading down and all those things. Well, something that they tend to omit in the history books is that the books that they were burning were about trans people, okay? Right. It was, it was literature. Mm-hmm. It was about homosexuality. These institutes were studying people. They were studying homosexuality. They were studying intersex. They were studying trans. Because what was happening was in, you know, uh, innovations in, uh, you know, uh, medicine in the 1920s and 1930s, mm-hmm. autopsy started becoming a very big thing. So people would, were studying corpses. And what mm-hmm. they were finding was, let's say there was a man who had, you know, uh, one very large testicle. They were cutting him open and finding that he had an ovary. Right. Okay. They were finding so they were finding things like this. They were finding that when you cut people open, sometimes they weren't what they you expected you were going to find on the inside. They were finding mm-hmm. men with wounds, people mm-hmm. with penises and wounds. You know, mm-hmm. they were finding women with testicles inside their, you know, all the way down in, in the bottoms of their bodies. You know, so mm-hmm. they, you know, so they were starting to question. Gender, mm-hmm. and they were starting to question sexuality. And so, right. when this was happening, culture—this is where culture comes in, and society comes in—and you know, they use it as you know a way to demonize people. And this has always been a tool of defamation, right? To say to, to to make up rules, and then so that they you could turn around and say, oh, well, they're not following the rules, so they're the bad guys, we're the good guys. Right. I think that Christianity has something to do with it because, you know, a lot of problems come from Christianity. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. A lot of problems. I mean, you know, that's not to say that there are people with good intentions, but if you look at Christianity in terms of the religion itself, you know, and, and the organization, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, going back thousands of years, there have been problems. As a matter of fact, my ancestors are, you know, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this. My ancestry is rooted in Morocco. Now, growing right. up, you know, they always said, you know, if anybody asks, you know, your nationality, you say you're American. You know, people get, you want to know, they say you came here from Sicily. Well, mm-hmm. there's no truth in that. We did come, you know, my ancestors did come to America from Sicily. But the reason they were Sicily was because of the conflict between uh, Morocco and Spain. Mm-hmm. The Morocco occupied Iberia for a thousand years because what was happening was the Greeks and the Romans and, you know, the, the dawn of Christianity, because Christianity actually was in effect and was an idea before the, there was a belief that Christ was born. But what was happening was people were getting, you know, brutalized all over the world for not converting to Christianity. The Christians and the Greeks and the Romans were going over to colonizing all these lands. And so the people in Morocco, Marrakesh at the time, instead of waiting for the fight to come to them, they went up into Iberia, which is now Spain, and occupied the land, hold the, the lines for over a thousand years, keeping Christianity from getting into North Africa. So, you know, there have been battles, you know, religion has been used to fight battles.
battles and bring people into war. Because let me tell you something, it's easier to get somebody to fight a war and risk their life and die and kill people if you say that it's in the name of, you know, Allah, it's in the name of God, it's in the name of, you know, religion, this is what your purpose is, you're going to go to hell if you don't do that, rather than saying, you know what, we'd really like their land. You know, they've got some fertile land over there, they have, you know, They've got water. They've got a lot of really beautiful animals that we'd like to slaughter. They have beautiful women that we'd like to rape. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's easier. How are you going to get people to go fight a war for you for, you know, that kind of purpose? You know, so they had to create purposes. And so they right. said things like, you know, they said things like, the, you know, who were heathen. They said that the Arabs were uh, savages. But you know the word barbarians? They called us barbers. They mm-hmm. called us barbers, barbarians. Okay, so... That you know they were using spirituality and they were using people's guilt and they were using people's own discomfort against them so that they would fight these wars and fight these battles. So I mean, if you look at the history, the history, what's happening in the world around some of these changes, you know, you can make guess as to you know why these changes might have been made. Right. Well, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to ask you a question that I think you would be best to answer um, about the, the, the Arab nation or the Muslim nation and, and Judaism and the comparisons. Are they the same? Are they not the same? Um, let's, let's get into a little bit of that. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the differences between uh, the Islamic faith and the, the Judaism faith. And, you know, what are the misconceptions that people are seeing in the world? So we will be right back with more Maribel Blue Unfiltered. This episode is sponsored by Come Shoot Me. Check out Buster Brown Pictures at ComeShootMe.com. Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Are you an activist for your community? We want to hear from you and how you're making a difference and making strides. Contact me directly at MaribelBlueUnfiltered at gmail.com and let's set up your next interview. Garvey's Hotel and Bar was solvent until the 2008 crash. With imminent ruin on the horizon, Jody comes up with a radical idea to revitalize Garvey's, hosting orgies in the bar on the weekends. Jody convinces her conservative twin, Jackie, to try the new business plan on a trial basis. However, things come to a screeching halt when local law enforcement shuts them down. Jackie and Jody must team up with citizens in the small Arizona town to keep the orgy bar alive. Get all six ebooks of the Garvey series for five fifty five only on Amazon. Hi, this is Mistress Lilith, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue, and we are back. Tonight's guest is Madame Marguerite, and we are getting deep into the ideas of religion 
and what that means for you as an individual, how it works within a society, and just basically understanding how how we look at other people, how we look at other groups, and why we consistently oppress what we don't understand, which is fucked up. <laughs> right. So before the break, um, one of the questions that I was asking about the differences and similarities between Judaism and the Islamic faith. Is there a big difference? And what about the 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 ideas of that the Jews and the Muslims hate each other. Meanwhile, I think there's a part in the country in Israel where they live in harmony and they don't hate each other. Oh, well, all right. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to get to two things. Um, so number one, there are a lot of different, um, there are a lot of differences between Judaism and Islam, but you know, like I said earlier, the the Quran is based off of the Torah. Now let, let me break down the lineage, right? So there was so everybody knows about like Adam and Eve, but wait we fast forward after all we have Abraham and mm-hmm. Abraham had two sons. Abraham had Ishmael and Isaac. Right. And Abraham was promised, according to the scripture, Abraham was promised to be the father of great nations. So if Ishmael had 12 sons, and then Isaac had a son who was named Jacob, and Jacob wrestled with God, according to the story, and became the father of 12 sons, and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. He also had a daughter, and so did Ishmael, mm-hmm. Ishmael and um, Jacob had the same uh, family set up. Um, and so now they're all relatives of Abraham. That's why they're called Abrahamic uh, religion, because they mm-hmm. all come from the family. Now, these these were the people that were passing down these stories. There were the people around them that were documenting these stories about these people, because the stories in the scripture are all about these people and their families and all their lineages and all their nations. And so the Arab nation was, you know, Arab nations, many Arab nations can trace their lineage back to uh, Ishmael, and same thing with, uh, you know, all the, you know, Jewish nations, right? So, yes. you know, there were 12 tribes, and each one of these tribes turned this into different nations, and they, you know, traveled along, you know, all the parts of the Middle East. Now, you were talking about Israel, the state of Israel. Let's mm-hmm. back that up. They, they're not, you know, there's really people. First of all, Palestine is being decimated by Israel, okay? Israel is a state. And that land was given to the state of Israel by uh, English, the English, okay? Not, mm-hmm. not Palestinians. Palestinians didn't say, yes, it's okay for you to come and, and take this land. There were people on right. that land. What's happening mm-hmm. in Palestine is colonization. So do I think that maybe there are some people that get along there? Sure, it's a big population. But right now, Palestinians, if you know what's happening in Palestinians, the entire West Bank, if you, if you look back 10 decades, you know, of the territory, what, how much Israel occupied and how much was Palestine, and you compare it to today, Palestine mm-hmm. is almost gone. As a matter of fact, if you look Palestine up on Google, you can't find Palestine. It only shows you Israel. But Palestine right. 
is still in existence. Okay, so Palestine is, is on the brink of genocide. So I don't know how people could get along, um, mm-hmm. you know, when people are, are, you know, committing genocide against them. But the entire West Bank is cut off. People in, in Palestinians cannot drink water right mm-hmm. now in Palestine. Palestinians have to walk around with uh, marks on their arms the way Jews did in Nazi Germany to identify mm-hmm. that they're Palestinians. So, you know, um, again, this is, this is politics. This is not, you know, there's no, there's no God, there's no Allah, there's no, right. you know, in any, of, in any of that. So, you know, in terms of Jews and Muslims hating each other, you know, it's, the issues there are a lot deeper and they're political. It's not, it's not religious, it's political. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that it just seems that the lines get crossed. Um, when it comes to the idea of religion and then the idea of politics, which shouldn't be crossed together because one is is separate from the other. But the thing is that, I mean, are we led to believe that women in Muslim countries are oppressed? Are they really oppressed? I mean, you have a country like Brunei, with with the sultan who's as rich as fuck has a bunch of wives i was we were talking about that earlier and mm-hmm. he got divorced from two of them and i was like wow i didn't even know they can do that you know because mm-hmm. in my mind i'm thinking muslim nation you know that that hardcore faith that once you get married you're not really supposed to get a divorce but this this happened with the Sultan. So are we basically led to believe something that may not be necessarily true? First of all, I mean, you know, anywhere there are men, there are going to be men oppressing women anywhere that there are men, because it's it's not that, uh, it's not that Muslim men are oppressive. Uh, Men are oppressive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's not untrue that women in the Middle East are oppressed, but, you know, I mean, you know, Middle Eastern women are very strong. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot of, you know, you know, just like in America and just like in other parts of the world, there are very, very strong Muslim women who, you know, speak with conviction and they have men that support them also. It's not like every single man, you know, is abusive. And, you know, furthermore, you know, speaking about Islam specifically, out of all the books that I've read, the Torah, the, you know, the many different Bibles, because there's many different Bibles. There's like 36 different versions of Bibles that they just printed hundreds of times. But out of the Bible, the Torah and the Quran, the Quran is the least violent. Right. All right? And the Quran and Muslims, okay, Islam, first of all, is about peace and love. And they hold women in very high esteem. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, we talked about these books. You know, people use these books to justify their bad behavior, okay? They take the books and they say, this is what it means, and this is how it means it, and they twist and they deceive people with, mm-hmm. you know, their own interpretations, and because their interpretations are motivated with an agenda, okay? So, you know, if you really look at the text and you look at the laws, and you even see a lot of these laws, you know, whether you agree with them or not, you know, when you look at them, a lot of them were with the intention of protecting women. And whether you agree that that's what it does or not, and whether you acknowledge that, yes, of course, there are people that are going to take these laws and abuse them, 
spirituality. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, religion is not absent from their fight. And they're not fighting their religion. They're fighting people abusing their religion. They're fighting people right. abusing Allah's word. Okay, they're not mm-hmm. fighting, um, you know, they're not fighting Allah. They're fighting people mm-hmm. that take it and they want to use it to justify bad behavior. Because if you go back, like I said, the Quran is based off of the Torah. And if you look at the Torah, the Torah says things like, you know, um, for instance, you know, women are not, a, you know, an abomination. What are these sexual abominations they're talking about? They talk about incest and they talk about rape, right? They mm-hmm. say that a woman, and this is Islam too, they say that a woman is not, you're not supposed to scare a woman into having sex with you. You know, it says these things very clearly. And they've even cursed mm-hmm. the children. They said that if, if you, if a woman has sex out of uh, fear, the child is going to be born rebellious. Right. Okay, so yeah, these are very clear things. You know, it says that, you know, Arab men, Muslim men see women as most precious. Okay, mm-hmm. the Torah describes women as the most precious and that we're supposed to be nurtured and that we're supposed to be pleased and that we're supposed to be satisfied. So you know what? When I have Muslim men that come to me and they tell me that they're submissive, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised not one bit because, you know, their religion teaches them to, you know, respect women and to love women and take care of women. Now, where it gets convoluted is people's ideas of how to respect women and how to take care of women and people that twist it, right? Some people, mm-hmm. you have a bird and you want to protect your bird. Some people protect their bird by clipping her wings. Some people protect her birds, their birds by making sure there's no hawks in the sky. You understand what I mean? Right. So, you know, you take these things, and again, that's where culture comes in because the scriptures itself says nothing about you know, degrading and oppressing women. It says nothing about taking their freedoms away from them, okay? But people add that, and people twist it, and people take what it, it means, what they read in the book, and they decide what it means. Why it's life, and that's when we have conflict. Well, for me, I look at it as when people want to take religion and enforce it on a person who has a certain point of view. It really is a matter of control, is it not? I mean, yeah. you know, you you made these choices on your own. You you right. like you mentioned earlier before, you weren't raised with any particular type of religion. These are right. uh, walks of path that you chose for yourself. So, yep. in learning these paths in your own personal experiences. Um, do you feel at times that it gets in the way of things that you're doing? Was there ever a point in your life where you thought to yourself, maybe I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe I'm just going to leave this lifestyle and just really focus on the words of religion, of everything that I'm learning. I mean, I have a Jewish friend. He's a, he's a photographer and you know, he photographs people in the adult entertainment industry, I don't ever hear him say, well, I feel guilty and, you know, what have you. Um, He doesn't let his religious ideas get in the way of basically making a living. Right. Well, I've never considered giving up my, um, my sexuality and my spirituality are in tandem with one another. Uh, There is, I am a firm believer that there's nothing wrong with my sexuality. There's nothing wrong with the way that I share my sexuality. And it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the way that I help other people explore their sexuality because 
I didn't interpret what I read the way people that tell me that my sexuality is bad read it. Okay? When I look at these laws, you know, for instance, you know, there were command there were commandments listed in the in the Torah, right? They talk about one is both what and be fruitful. The other one is, you know, unless it, 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 it uh, excludes women. And it says that the reason it excludes women is because women could be hurt in childbirth. But the other mm-hmm. commandment was to men, saying that, you know, if they're going to have sex with a woman, they have to make sure that she has, that she's pleasant, that she has to have orgasms. And that if a woman wants to have sex with her husband, that he's not to refuse her. Okay, so these mm-hmm. are the original, these are the original sex. These are the original words. So, you know, the, the, these books speak on sex and pleasure often. You know, in the Jewish religion, they consider sex on Shabbat a mikvah. It's a celebration, mm-hmm. right? And Islam, too. Islam, you know, it's very important to Muslim men that they please their wives, that their wives are satisfied, that their wives are happy, especially in their own homes and especially in their, uh, you know, in their marriages. You know, it, even if you're not having sex for, and it, and it talks about this, but even if you're not having sex for uh, the purpose of procreation, to have children, if you don't want to have children, if she decides she doesn't want to have children, but she just wants to have sex, they're not supposed to deny her. They're supposed to give her a good experience. And then it mm-hmm. specifically taught, it even specifically mentions that, you know, for the arousal of before sex, you're supposed to have foreplay. You're supposed to have arousal. You're supposed to use your hands to arouse. So, you know, pleasure is not condemned in the scriptures. There's a few things, you know, where they specifically say, you know, you're not really supposed to waste your feet, which is where mm-hmm. a lot of these theories about sex come in, you know, where they say, well, if you're not allowed to waste your feet, well, then oral sex is no good, and this kind of sex is no good, and anal sex is no good, right? So they come mm-hmm. up with all these mm-hmm. ideas, what that means. But you know what? It was mentioned one, one time. You know what I mean? It's mentioned mm-hmm. one time, and you have all these people, you know, deciding what it means, and it's just not, it's just not realistic to be able to do that. Right. So I don't have, I don't have any problems or, or issues because when I read the when I read the, these books, I feel like I am following all the laws. I'm following what is important. I, you know, is what's important is that we love each other, that we care for each other, we take care of each other. Dominance. You know, I'm responsible for a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm taking care of a lot of people. Uh, nothing about what I do is harmful. I'm not harming anybody, and you know. Uh, you know, I'm bringing people together. I bring people together. I help people enrich their relationships. So I, I don't have any problems with my, uh, you know, my lifestyle and my religion. I didn't have anybody telling me that, you know, um, you know, the way I was practicing was wrong. The way I was reading, the way I was interpreting the books were wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I, I read it and I say, this is what it means to me. You know, I didn't have anybody telling me, no, this means something. Did you ever read a book and have somebody tell you what it means? No, right? You read it and you right. decide for yourself what it means, right? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, what what we read, we can read the same passage and still have a different understanding about it. I mean, not too long ago, I remember having a conversation with somebody last year, and, um, and they're of the Mormon faith, and um, he was talking about reading certain passages that, when he was younger, he didn't really seem to understand it at the time uh, why they were written the way they were written. And then as he got older, 
then he was like, oh, I get it. I understand. And I think at times, you know, when we can read something, we can interpret it in a certain way because of where we are at in our lives. And then a year later, read that same passage and be like, oh, shit, is this what what I've been reading the whole time? And And it's like something inside you clicks. But with all that being said, I mean, let's look at it like this. Do you think that some of these enforced, quote unquote, ideas have taken society to a place that is probably not healthy? Because you want to put ideas into people's heads about what what they think that they should believe. And, uh, you know, it just messes people yeah. up in, in, in what they feel comfortable with. Yeah, I think it's definitely unhealthy. I think it's definitely unhealthy. It's unhealthy anytime you bully anybody. You know, and mm-hmm. the other thing, too, is, you know, and this, is, this needs to be understand, understood. And, you know, it hurts me that more people don't understand this, but there's nothing you can do to change your sexuality. Nothing in the world you can do to change your sexuality. Mm-hmm. You, and, you know, and furthermore, what you desire can't possibly be wrong, okay? There's a big difference right. between what you desire and what you do, okay? Certainly there are some acts that if you perform them, if you harm somebody, they're wrong. But mm-hmm. anything that doesn't harm anybody isn't wrong, and anything that you're just thinking about, you can't fantasize, you know, fantasies can't be wrong. They happen in your own head. Nobody else experiences them but you, you know? Right. There's no way for them to be wrong, <laughs> you know? So, and you can't control your thoughts. You cannot mm-hmm. control what you like, okay? You mm-hmm. can control what you do. You know, if you like strawberries, but, you know, you're allergic to them, you could refrain from eating them. That doesn't change the fact that you desire strawberries. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, for the rest of your life, you'll crave them. You might even nibble on them and deal with the puppy lips, you know? Right. You can, you know, you can, you can stop your behavior. You can change your behavior, but you cannot change your sexuality. And when you start to feel guilty and beat yourself up about, you know, how you feel, it, it has terrible, terrible repercussions. It's very bad for people. And you know something? These words are very powerful books, very powerful words. You know, when it says in authority, when authorities say that it's better for you to kill yourself than to dare engage in this abomination that they decided was an abomination. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a, a man of flesh and blood deciding what is an abomination, stating to this person. You know, people throw themselves off fucking buildings. You know what I mean? People hate right. themselves. People, people take that, and not only that, but people take that to mean, and they use it to justify violence against other people, beating people up, killing people over this. And, you know, I'm not talking about in the Middle East. I'm talking about right here in America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm talking about right here in America. Yes, absolutely. Day. Absolutely. It goes on on, on a le- legal, on a, a government level. So, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, of course it's unhealthy. Of course it's unhealthy. But, you know, you know, that's, that's why, why I'm this really is, this is the right. conversation. This is uh, the irony is that we want to sit here and talk about how we're the United States of America. And don't get me wrong. I'm American. I was born here. I love America. However, you know, if we can have this pretty standoffish attitude and look at other countries and point our finger and say, 
Look at what's going on over there. This is not happening over here on this side. And think about the stories, you know, Matthew Shepard. That's one story that I don't even like to read or think about knowing that a person was tortured, literally, because of who they wanted to be and how scary it can be. You know, I think about, um, you know, how scary it can be that somebody is, is in a certain way or feels a certain way and and wants to live that way but you have people with these radical religious ideas where they think no it's supposed to be this way you know it makes me think of um i used to watch this television show uh that 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 show with a a bunch of kids 17 19 kids and counting or whatever i mean it's like they have like a, a 19 kids and then later yeah. it comes out that one of the brothers was sexually molesting two of his sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, he went for some kind of quote unquote therapy, whatever therapy that they provide, because you have to keep in mind that a lot of these organizations have their own type of therapies. I mean, something like Scientology, yeah. for example, you know, they don't believe right. L. Ron Hubbard didn't believe in, in psychology because he, he right. set up his way of how you can heal yourself. And, you know, L. Ron Hubbard was laughed at, you know, from the, from the psychological, um, I forget what it's called, the psychological right. yeah. society, um, those psychologists. So, he went and created his own thing where to say, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how our lives. And what he did, he would have only been able to do in America because Mm -hmm. of American politics. He would have never been able to do that in any other country because what he did was he established a religion so that he Mm -hmm. could do the things that he wanted to do. He didn't intend to have a religion. He established a religion so that he could get tax breaks and all these other things. And so that he could build these organizations. So again, you know, you know, getting back, it's not the religion, it's not the books, it's not the, it's people corrupting the religion. It's people using, and you know, people are not bad because of the religion. Mm-hmm. People are bad because of that. They just use the religion to justify. People are not bad because of the religion. Religion does not make people bad. You know, right. institutions, organizations, you know, even like even even in, in like the Vatican, you know, when they mm-hmm. use, you know, Christianity. You know, it's not it's not the religion. It's, it's the organization. It's the establishment that's building. It's not the rituals that are bad. It's not the you know the uh, words that are bad. It's the you know what people do with it. You know that's what's bad. Mhm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. But, but you know, I I guess my thing is is that you know what. What we strive for as a society, we need to find a way to be able to live in harmony with one another. I mean, like, who cares what people are doing behind closed doors? And I think this is the thing that bothered me the most. You know, you want to have a group of people that are against 
gay and lesbians know it's wrong and this and that. But it's like, are you thinking about them when they're in their house by themselves doing whatever it is that they want? Yeah. I mean, this is where my logic goes. Why do you care so much? Because now you have yeah. this distorted sense of view of what it is that you're reading in your literature, yeah. in, 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 in your spiritual journey, you know? Yeah. Um, so nobody's not, perfect. Right, and it's not only um, homosexuality that's convoluted either. It's like there's a lot of elements of kink in these religions too. Like a lot of these, you know, I say it all the time, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just that. But like I see people, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm never surprised when Muslim men come to me because there's so many elements of BDSM that I swear was ripped right from Islam. You know, mm-hmm. the submissive positions, the positions that dominant ass that submissives could get into. It's the same exact positions that Muslims, you know, get into to pray, right? Mm-hmm. The capitalization of uh, pronouns, right? In BDSM, mm-hmm. you always, the dominant always has capitalization, the submissive always has lowercase, you know? In female supremacy, you know, the female is all capitalized and male is lowercase, you know? Things like right. that. That's, mm-hmm. Do that, you know, anytime you're reading, you know, text, you know, uh, Islamic text, that's how it's written. You know, if, right. if they're referring to Allah, they capitalize. They capitalize the pronouns when they're referring to Allah, and they lower capitalize the pronouns when they're referring to other people. You know, so, and on top of that, Islam means submission. Mm-hmm. A Muslim is someone who submits to the will of God. Right. So, between the definition of, you know, women and the fact that we're treated like gifts. And that it's the responsibility of men to, you know, take care of us and protect us and honor us, right, and support us and, you know, all these things. And then even you look at these, you know, cultures, you know, I'm not surprised that when uh, men screw up, they want to be slugged. Because in a lot of these countries, look at Saudi Arabia, punishment, one of the punish, uh, punishments for a lot of crimes out there is slugging, you know. Right. That's how they punish mm-hmm. people. They slug you know, they see you, a lot of people get in, in trouble. They get into trouble. You see a lot of these countries, you know, you see women all over Africa surrounding men with canes and beating them with canes, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of nations where punishments, crimes are flogging and caning. And you look back ancient, ancient, ancient. You know, I mean, the reason we, you know, we even have floggers, you know, Jesus was hit with a flavor, you know, which is a right. flogger that has metal shards at the end. You know, this mm-hmm. is what they did. St. Andrew's cross that we shot people onto. Right. That cross, St. Andrew was crucified, was murdered on mm-hmm. a cross mm-hmm. like that. That's why it's called the St. Andrew's cross, is what he was murdered on. So there are so many elements of BDSM and kink that very clearly derive from, you know, come from people within these cultures, within these nations. So, you know, there's a huge influence, you know, religious influence on sexuality and, you know, the way people practice. But, you know, sexuality has a huge influence on religion as well. So, you know, because it's present. It's a part of life. You know, we're reminded, and I believe it was uh, Talmud, reminds us that, you know, yes, it's Talmud. Reminds us that sex is natural and that it should Mm -hmm. be learned from. So, you know, you know, there's a lot of elements. So when people have guilt about how they feel, it, you know, it, it hurts me because there's plenty 
places that these are coming from. And it's coming from, you know, it's coming from, uh, you know, people that are, like I said, Muslim men that are very devout. I'm not surprised at all that they are interested in being in, in DS dynamics with, you know, powerful, strong, dominant women because they're taught to. You know, they're taught to be this way. They're taught to, and also, mm-hmm. Allah is neither male or female. Right. Okay, Allah is the male, male or female. So a lot of religions, you know, you go to like a lot of Christianities, you know, they say that God is male. Is male. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. not the way with, with you know, uh, Judaism and Islam. And so, you know, um, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised and there isn't anything wrong with it in my opinion. Well, we're going to take a quick break because the next question I want to ask about is something that you had just mentioned before about female empowerment and where Uh, we are at in 2020. I mean, with everything that's going on with COVID and and all of this stuff, I mean, are we still oppressed in some form of way just for being women? So think about that. I'm going to play some music. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And, and again, when we come back, we're going to talk about female empowerment, um, how society views women. I mean, there's a whole history of mm-hmm. us women, <laughs> you know, from the workplace, uh, stuff that I talked about last week with Nelson from WTF TV, with uh, business ethics and business 101 and, and climbing that corporate ladder are women still not recognized for their own empowerment and, and their skills and the things that they can do probably just as well as a man. So we will be right back. You're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered with my guest, Madam Marguerite. We're going to take a break. We're going to play some intellect and we will be right back with more show. Think about it, all it makes me so nauseous. All I want to do is 
see my team prosper. What if you so acute? My outfit, got the song me to get them straight off the dotted. As the clock tick ticks, I get all tick, but I gotta expand views for nothing. Cause they flow drip, drip like a faucet. Brainstorm, flash flood when my thoughts hit. Just wanna electrify your soul. Close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose. Truth and light across the globe. We the voice of the people, case you ain't know. Case who ain't know, case you ain't know. Case who ain't know, case they ain't know. In case you ain't know, in case they ain't know. In case you ain't know, man, I know. Just wanna electrify your soul. Close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose. And light across the globe We the voice of the people Case you ain't know Case who ain't know Case you ain't know Case who ain't know Case they ain't know In case you ain't know In case they ain't know In case you ain't know Man I know 1997 when I entered the game 201998 and changed I was a young DJ Spinning vinyl Double mixtapes Stacking up my backpack Skipping finals Now everybody obsessed With money and fame And you rarely hear a record Expressing funnier pain Instead people are choosing The crummiest lane Choosing to turn a blind eye On corruption and shame Half the world's under the curse while we levitate and meditate, overcoming knowing our worth. The power of positive thinking. We shower the earth with gems, creating, manifesting greatness. I might not be the first to say this, but I want to be the best at my creation. Put me on your playlist. Intellect and East, Smitty spitting the basics. Over vintage beats, relinquishing the origins of the culture. You don't have to say shit, because you a vulture. And I'm a revolutionary, and I'ma handle the biz. From the label to the fiduciary, the results are in. Not guilty for telling the truth. My prediction is, we will recoup the earth. And I know this, because I'm a true vision. Just want to electrify your soul, close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose truth and light across the globe. We the voice of the people, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case they ain't know, in case you ain't know, in case they ain't know, in case you ain't know, man, I know. Just want to electrify your soul, close your eyes, open your ears, and we expose truth and light across the globe. We the voice of the people, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case you ain't know, case who ain't know, case they ain't know, in case you ain't know. In case they ain't know, in case you ain't know, man, I know. Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Are you a professional or even amateur paranormal investigator where you feature yourself on YouTube or you've been on any television programming and would love to share your experiences with us? Please contact me directly at MaribelBlueUnfiltered at gmail.com and let's schedule your next interview. Hey, this is Bus Pimp, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. Hey, everyone, it's Maribel Blue, and we are back. My guest today, Madam Marguerite, we are having some deep discussions regarding religion, sexual oppression, and just many things that people have misconceptions about when it comes to the Judaism faith even the Islamic faith and what that means as anybody who wants to practice into these faiths, but is afraid to feel that they will be oppressed in some form of way for what it is that how they want to live their life. And we all know it's very important to reflect on who we are, be true to who we are as, as a human being, as what we want to succeed within society 
Um, I always felt it was important for me to succeed at my goals and my dreams, whatever that may have been at the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't very clear until later on in life that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is what, this is who I want to reach. And this is who I want to help because I want people to feel safe in, you know, what they're feeling and what they're going through. And a day at a time, you know, I feel like I am succeeding at that. Um, And that makes me feel good. But of course, as a woman within this adult world, I find at times that I don't receive the same respect or people get confused about who I am, who Maribel Blue is in this whole thing. They seem to forget that I'm a writer. I interview people. Um, I want to have discussions and get to know the other side of that person other than what we see in front of the camera. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the times men will pop up trying to mimic Kinky Magazine or things that I do and with not much success, I have to say. Yeah. But um, before Kinky Magazine, I did have a, a different life. I was an administrative assistant. I worked for many different companies. And I always felt shunned for being who I was, believing who I was, being yeah. expressive. I mean, I think people could just see the kind of woman that I was without even having to say anything, you know? So basically the question is, are are we as women, are we still being pushed aside and not really having that fulfillment when it comes to our own empowerment? What has been your experiences with that? Well, me personally, I feel very empowered. I mean, that's not to say that there isn't, you know, uh, you know, that isn't to say that uh, men haven't put roadblocks in my way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of different types of oppression. Um, And, you know, oppression is a a constant thing. You know, there's always oppression in one way or another because there's always – violent people. There's always abusive people. There are always people who aren't satisfied with the level of power they have. And sometimes that's because people don't have any power at all. And, you know, I will never be able to explain why that is. You know, I'll never be able to explain why people uh, feel like they need to dominate other people in, you know, abusive ways, right? You know, when I dominate somebody, I'm taking control of the situation. You know, it's, you know, uh, you know, I handle people with compassion and love, but there's a lot of people that, you know, are very violent and very, mm-hmm. um, you know, pushy and aggressive, and they want to take people's rights away from them. They want to take people's freedom away from them, and that's on many, many levels. You know, there are tiny micro levels, right? People just, like, being bullies, just making people uncomfortable, you know, just making it so that somebody can't enjoy something, you know what I mean? And then there's, you know, it escalates. You know, there's all kinds of different types of oppression, all the way to the real severe oppression. So, you know, do I think there's oppression? Do I think every single one of us is oppressed or repressed? No. And I also don't think that I'm oppressed all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So while Mm -hmm. there are, you know, many roadblocks in the way, and there have been many times when men have tried to make things difficult for me, and I have, you know, on a very regular basis, men being disrespectful towards me, uh, you know, even even nasty and violent, 
I feel very empowered. I am a leader in my community, and, you know, I'm not good for a girl. I'm good, you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. and people respect me. And men in my life support me, okay? So, you know, uh, women who are, you know, uh, brave enough to confront these things and women who have the courage, you know, they have men in their lives, too, that support them. So, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you know, there's a lot to it. So, I, you know, I hope that wasn't too complex of an answer for you. It, it seems like, an, you know, a simple question, but, it, I, you know, I think that's actually kind of rather complex. Well, you know, I think for me, because I'm, of course, writing another question, um, what about women who try to put other women down? That's what I was writing as you were speaking. And, you know, I um, think for me in this, in this day and age of our technology and social media and, you know, all of these, these computers and zoom, it just, just everything technology and how we change, how we interact with one another, you know, people can put on a great persona online, but then when it comes down to it in real life, um, you know, are 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 we just faking the funk? You know, have you have you witnessed people that just want to be so badly like somebody else and then end up not really fulfilling their end of the responsibility? And then when they're called out, you know, then everybody else is a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? When when people I mean, are called out. I've seen bad behavior. I mean, I've absolutely seen bad attitudes and, and you know, bad behavior, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, it comes from a lot of different, a lot of different angles and, you know, getting back to religion, like certainly, you know, you could use that as a justification, you know, but, but I think it really just goes to show your point just goes to show that deep down inside, there's some people that are just crappy people, you know, mm-hmm. there's some people that are, that choose to do the right thing. And there's some people that choose to do the wrong thing. In my opinion, the difference between a right thing and a wrong thing is if mm-hmm. you like if you if you're right or wrong, I believe that if in your heart you believe something to be the right thing to do and you do that thing, I believe you do the right thing. If you in your heart believe that it's the wrong thing to do and you do it anyway, then you do the wrong thing. And right. you know, I mean, of course, people could get into arguments about you know uh, what that mean and you know what about this and what about that. But I think it really boils down to you know what are you trying to do as an individual. Sometimes people make the choice to you know uh, be vile and they don't peace in themselves. They don't speak, speak the spirituality. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I do what I do every Friday and Saturday and why I have a lot of the rituals I have is to keep me humble. Okay? It's mm-hmm. to keep me humble. It's to remind myself that, you know what, under different circumstances, I wouldn't be the shit. I wouldn't have the power and the privileges that I have. You know, mm-hmm. so it's my spirituality that brings me back and really grounds me. And, you know, I look at a lot of people, you know, like I got, I got Ramadan coming up. You know, Ramadan right. is you know, men, you know, especially men, you know, with this, this fasting, because the deal with Ramadan, for people that don't know, it's an entire month-long, uh, you know, time of reflection where during sun, sunshine, so, you know, uh, so the entire day, then mm-hmm. you're not supposed to eat, drink, or have sex, no drugs, nothing like that. So, you know, they're supposed to just, you know, pray and reflect, and it's a very intense time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a lot of my men. Uh, in, in programs right now. I have a Ramadan program. I hold them accountable. 
you know, they report to me how many orgasms they have, and I hold them accountable. If they didn't, if they had orgasms during the day when they weren't supposed to, then, mm-hmm. you know, they're supposed to donate to charity. I make them donate to charity, and I check on it. I make sure that I can speak. And the times mm-hmm. when they do wait until sundown, you know, I reward them. I give them rewards because you know what? They're fighting their nature to be able to do this. And, it's, you know, like I said, it's what they have the hardest time with. And, you know, I see so much of these people beating each other up, not just beating themselves up, but beating each other up because of, you know, and that's society. You know, religion and the book does not tell you beat up your brother because he's, you know, jerking off too much and that, he, you know, he didn't wait till the sun was down. You know what I mean? And, you know, mm-hmm. that's not what the book says. That's not what the book says. But people take it upon themselves to carry out, you know, laws and justification, and they have no place to do that. They have absolutely no place to do that. It's not anybody's place to judge another person, and it's not anybody's place to judge the relationship that they have with Allah or their God. You know, that's that's between them. And, you know, um, I really wish that more people had the, you know, just the discernment to be able to filter out these opinions and filter out these, you know, the negativity and the nonsense because it's really not necessary. And when you start bonding with people, you know, really beautiful things happen. You know, intimacy and sexuality can be so beautiful, you know, to be so harmonious. When people are having sex, there's peace between them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even in groups, even in groups, you know, there's households that have many people in them, you know, not just just a a husband and a wife or a husband and a husband and a wife and a wife. There's there's households that have many, many people and they function well. They function smoothly. Of course, there's issues you know, in, in families, but that's what anything, no matter what, that's because we're human, not because of our faith or our belief, belief or our lifestyle. Right. So, you know, it's uh, it's hard to see, but I try to I try to combat it. You know, the thing that you can really do is just give people, um, you know, support and confidence and, you know, reassurance. And, you know, exactly. I'm able to speak on these things. Well, now let me, let me ask you a, a much more personal question because you are clearly on this journey and Mm -hmm. you know it's a spiritual journey for you it's very important in your practices what it is that you do I mean I remember a while back you were talking about Fridays and I think something had happened where I wanted to touch base with you and I said well it's sundown it's Friday I know that I'm not even going to reach out to her it's not going to make any sense so in that regard you know I have respect for your spiritual journey and and what you do and I'm really super attentive to that when people talk about certain events that that they're practicing in their lives having said that what has this journey taught you have you found yourself more tolerant to people do you just turn around and and maybe laugh it off things that they do behaviors etc like, what has that been really deep and personal for you in this journey and and, and tolerating others? Um, you know, I don't know about tolerating others. I think it's my life experiences that really makes me tolerate people rather than religion. But I think that the effect that my religious journey had on me was um, much more about... Uh, I guess connecting with my roots, right? Finding who mm-hmm. I belong, where I belong, where I come from, right? Right. Uh, I think that's really what this journey gave me the most. And it is definitely a reminder of, you know, to reflect because the rituals, 
have changed my life in a way where, you know, it's, you know, there's a set time to do these things and mm-hmm. to do these things. And during that time, it's like, a, you know, it's easier to get around to something if there's a deadline, right? If sometimes mm-hmm. if something doesn't have a deadline, it takes a very long time. If you tell me I could observe Ramadan whenever, it's never going to happen. But if you right. have, you know, if you have deadlines, you know, um, it makes it easier. Like the fact that Friday, you know, sundown is a deadline. Now listen, mm-hmm. are there some times when emergencies happen and things happen and I can't observe my Shabbat on Friday? Absolutely. There are some things, you know, uh, same thing with Saturday. Normally, mm-hmm. I'm not even doing this because it's not at the end of the day on Saturday. Usually I don't get back to work on Sunday, but because we're talking about things that we're talking about, I feel like this is part of my reflection. This is part of my Sabbath. So, right. um, you know, the rituals, you know, that, that really, uh, I think, you know, has been uh, very good to me because it's offered a little bit of, you know, routine and almost our urgency for me mm-hmm. to do these things. And when I'm doing that, because I'm conscious about reflecting, I do that. But on the flip side, if I was a different person, there would be other elements of these religions that would speak to me. You know, that's what speaks to me. Relaxation is what speaks to me. I, you know, I notice every single part of these scriptures when they talk about sex because I'm a very sexual person. Sexuality is important to me. You know, so mm-hmm. everything about relationships, everything about sex, you know, I, I read between the lines when I read about these family structures, you know, because mm-hmm. in the scriptures it talks about, you know, Abra- you know, this wife and that wife and this concubine and this, it didn't work out with this one, so they had a baby with that one and all the family came together. You know what I mean? I'm reading it. I can read between the lines. So, right. Already that way. I was already that way. I think I mentioned in my last, um, you know, my the last interview with you. You know, when I was a little girl, I had Sally Badcat, and Sally Badcat, in my vision as a tiny little girl, had three girlfriends, the scary cat. Yes. So I remember you girl, telling me I this. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I saw men and women kiss, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought that women should be with the women and the men should be with the men. So it it makes sense that these religions where in Judaism, when you go to the synagogue, the men are with the men, the women are with the, with the women. In the, the mosque, the men are with the men, the women are with the women. So, you know, it makes sense that, you know, this is how I was already thinking before I even knew what religion and, and scripture and these books were. So when I read mm-hmm. these books, I felt like I was reading about myself. You know, mm. I was reading about other people like me. I was like, wow, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, halal, halal laws. I said, wow, that makes sense. You know, when I could see the difference between uh, kosher and halal, I was able to put mm-hmm. two and two together and say, okay, well, they were feuding. This is a way for them to try to say you can't eat anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so there was a lot of things that when I read it made sense based on what I already knew about the world and what I already knew about people and what I already knew about myself. So, you know, I think that's how it affected me. If somebody came to you today and said, I'm thinking about converting. I was raised this way. I'm kind of feeling something else right now. But from what I read and what I see on social media, I'm going to have to conform to certain things that I'm not comfortable with. What do you say to that person? you know, who feels a certain thing inside, a drive inside of them, but they're not willing to maybe conform to something that they practice at home. You know, maybe, 
Maybe yeah. they're a cuckold couple. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm just yeah, using yeah. that as an example. I don't want to stop cuckolding, but I'm really driven into this type of spirituality that I want to no. pursue. Am I going to be judged for it? Well, like I say, you know, I mean, first of all, it's a matter of what are you willing, you know, people have to think about what are they willing to do, what are they willing to, you know, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people should ever sacrifice their sexuality. I think that sexuality is more important than religion. And the reason I think that sexuality is more important than religion, because religion is not your relationship with your God, okay? Religion is you, you practice religion to appease society, not, not God. Okay, following the laws is how you appease God. Like many of the things that happen in religion are cultural. Okay, mm-hmm. so again, again, God, Allah does not want you to sacrifice your sexuality. Allah does not mm-hmm. want you to, Allah wants to make sure you're not hurting other people, right? You're right. not harming people. But when it comes to your sexuality, the relation between you and the people that you're intimate with, mm-hmm. these unions are sanctioned. In my, it is my belief that you know, we meet people for a reason. And so right. when you're getting involved in a religion, if you want to follow that religion, it's not for God. It's for the people who also follow that religion. It's to be part of that group. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to be part of that group because, you know, you feel like you have to be to the sea exactly what they tell you to be, then don't be a part of that group. But, you know, if you can bring yourself to, you know, because in my opinion, you can have both. You know, I had my congregation, my Jewish congregation, when I was Orthodox. And, you know, some, mm-hmm. a lot of them had a lot of things to say about me. As a matter of fact, they even gave me a hard time about covering my head like this because they said I should have had a wig. You know, because that's a society thing. Yes, that's, a that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. so they were insulted. So they were insulted. A lot of the women in my congregation were insulted that I would show up with my head covered like this. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get things like that. But is it going to stop you from pursuing your faith? You know, do you have to do you have to conform with every single thing that the people that interpret these books say that you have to conform with? Or can you think mm-hmm. to yourself a little bit and say, This makes sense, it resonates with me, I'm gonna go down this path and I'm not gonna go down this path. Now listen, right. if you feel like it's disrespectful to join that if you're not one hundred percent, then don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I like me personally, I don't say you know, I say I'm I'm on the, the scale of Muslim, but you know something? You know, I make sure that I'm also respecting people who are Muslim. Like, for instance, I have the Quran here, right? And because I haven't said the vow uh, for Islam, I, mm-hmm. I read my Quran with a cloth. I don't touch it because a lot of Muslims, there are a lot of Muslim people that feel like non-Muslims shouldn't touch the Quran. So when I read the Quran, I, I use a cloth to turn the mm-hmm. pages. I use a cloth to read it, right? So, right. but that's respect to the other people. That's not because when I'm alone in my room, I think that Allah is judging me for touching the book and I'm not uh, Muslim. Mm-hmm. It's for the people. It's for the people right. who have taken the vow already. You know what I mean? I didn't take the vow. So for me to have the same privileges as somebody who takes the vow, that's, that's not just disrespectful, but it's a society. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Allah doesn't care if I disrespect people in that way. As a matter of fact, this book, although what's in it might be holy and might be sacred, it's a book. And you know what? Trees have to be destroyed for that. And if you really ask me what I think our purpose is, okay, it says very clearly in the very first book that we were here to inherit the earth. Now, to me, to inherit the earth means that you're supposed to take care of it. Okay? Right. So to me, the number 
because mm-hmm. the world is not taking care of the earth because you have to destroy the earth in order to have these things. I think that's well, it just makes you think about COVID-19 and everything that's going on. I mean, I'm here in California. The smog is has cleared up because nobody's really yeah. out. Nobody's driving. And, I exactly. mean, isn't and that... I'm sorry, I, wait, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear that last part that you said. I said that is our purpose. Our purpose is to take care of the earth. Right. And look, and look at what's going on. Look at what's going on in order for, for the earth to replenish itself. It's almost yeah. like how sad that this is happening because, you know, people are dying that probably don't deserve to die. And, um, right. but then at the same time, look at the things that are happening, like the good things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sucks that. We're going out and we have to wear gloves and a mask and all of this stuff right. and, and staying six feet away from people because you don't know if somebody's going to sneeze and that sneeze is going to travel. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of different things that yeah. are going on. But then if you look past that and see all of the good things that are happening in between, maybe yeah. as a society, we can find some kind of peace with that i mean let's say for example that you didn't have any type of of religion or spirituality do you think that you would be the marguerite that you are today i think yes i think i would be because you know to be honest with you you know i love the belief that you know women are very close to god because we ourselves are you know we have the ability to create and, you know, if you look at the difference between, you know, a, a more feminine mentality and a more masculine mentality, right, you have patriarchy, you have these things, uh, you know, when you put men in charge of, of making decisions, these are a lot of the times these are the things that come up. You know, mm. you see women, women are all about, you know, peace and nurturing and caring, right? You see, you know, a lot of women get teased and made fun of because they like to take care of uh, flowers and plants and things, but this is our earth. And this is what we were put here to do. So, you know, um, I think that, you know, you were talking about female empowerment. I think, I, you know, I think this is a great opportunity to uh, honor a lot of the female leadership. The countries that are doing the best right now with this COVID-19, they're all run by women. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I think it was Denmark where, uh, and now it's all because the women are using compassion. I think that in Denmark, she, the person in charge, she addressed the children, right? Mm-hmm. No, no mm-hmm. parents around, just addressed the children to try to calm them down and talk about the things that, you know, are scaring them because this is going to traumatize children. She's thinking about the future. She's thinking right. about when these children, oh, what kind of dysfunctions are they going to have? What kind of dysfunctions do we have to handle? You know, so, mm-hmm. think, you know, handling with love and creation and really getting back to nature you know, hopefully, you know, um, this is an opportunity for the earth to replenish itself because so far, you know, mankind has not really done its job. You know, God, it says very clearly in the scriptures that, you know, uh, we've been provided every single thing that we need. We don't need to make mm-hmm. any more. We don't need to make any right. We just have to utilize what we need. And I think that that's what the story of Genesis is about. I don't think it's mm-hmm. about the story of creation. I think the point of Genesis is to tell you, you have everything right here. But you're going to go around being curious, trying to figure this out, figure that out. It's none of your business. You know, what right. happens if you do this? Right. 
out how to make clothes. You're not supposed to be figuring out how to make a ladder to heaven. You know, there's a story about Babylon, the Babylonians. You know, they tried to make yeah. a ladder to go to heaven. That's when they, you know, they changed all the languages so that people couldn't understand each other anymore. Right. right? So you have all these stories that's about, you know, stick to nature, stay with nature. And if you mm-hmm. look at animals, you know, you talk about me. I always talk about my, uh, you know, animal play. Animals are superior in a lot of ways. You you see animals and they can communicate with each other, no problem. Absolutely. But you see us, we get away from nature and it's a society and it's our own world and our own breed. And look at what we do. We destroy, uh, you know, this planet. We destroy a lot of planets so that we can have things that are convenient for us. Meanwhile, we already have everything that we need. Well, I think that there's a lot of disrespect for for the animal kingdom i think that humans think that they could just do whatever it is that they want you know kill animals for a prize and you know i don't know who thought up these ideas i think it's awful you know again it's something that i really don't like to think about but then again you know i think sometimes with everything that's going on in our world today um you know it could be just some kind of a karma force saying enough is enough keep your ass in your fucking house you know you're messing things up and it's just time for you to take a break and and let the gods take care of whatever it is that they need to to take care of and you know and if we took care of the world we wouldn't be in the situation that we were in if we if we loved each other and we had more compassion and we Mm -hmm. you know appreciated intimacy instead of pushing it away you know, right. things could be very different in the world, I believe. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I really agree. Well, I have to tell you, this has been a very informative show, and we can go on for hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're we're nearing the end of the show, and mm-hmm. I just want to give you the opportunity that if we if I've missed out on anything, if I missed out on any questions. Or something that you wanted to bring up, um, now is the time for you to to discuss um, what I may have missed out. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to encourage people to, you know, really, you know, really, uh, if you're struggling with your sexuality and you're struggling with religion and you're struggling with a law within your religion, you know, analyze where it came from, you know, mm-hmm. look at the root of it, look at where it really came from. Ask, try to investigate whether or not it changed. And, you know, really ask yourself what you truly believe is right or wrong. Do you believe what you're doing is wrong? Are you harming anybody? Because I don't believe mm-hmm. that sex could be wrong. I don't believe that intimacy between people could be wrong. I think that, you know, uh, you know, molesting someone is wrong. I think raping someone is wrong. I think deceiving someone is wrong. But, you know, the acts of intimacy, you know, they're not wrong. And so, you know, and furthermore, if, you know, you find that you really are struggling, I am a professional. I do, you know, help people with these things all, all the time. If you're Muslim mm-hmm. and you're listening and you need, you know, accountability during Ramadan, get in touch with me. I have an entire package, you know, for that, a program for that. I do it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you can find that information on madamarguerite.com. And then, you know, of course, I have my uh, Just for Fans, where I have a lot of videos and I have a lot of, you know, I – that, that's the only place to really communicate with me to have conversations. But I right. have, um, you know, I have a lot of videos there, educational videos, and I talk about these things. I talk about what's important to me. So if you need support and, you know, your budget is a little smaller, join my Just for Fans. It's just for slash Madame Marguerite. And I have a lot of options for people, you know, because I really want to, you know, you're not alone. 
You know, you're not alone. There's people in this community. Exactly. A lot of us go through it, and a lot of us, you know, we all go through the, you know, people trying to shame us and put us down. But we're good people, and we're here, mm-hmm. and we're strong, and you have a community. So I think that's Well, it. yeah. I, I mean, ev- I think everything you said is really important and relevant. Absolutely. You know, we live in a world today where people are subjected to thinking certain lifestyles, certain thoughts, whatever the case may be, is wrong. And it's good to know, and it's it's even, you know, refreshing to speak to somebody who is practicing, you know, both sides of the Muslim faith, the 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 Judaism faith, and... And it's saying the things that you're saying that it's not really a matter of being oppressed, but just understanding and giving yourself yeah. the information and the knowledge and to educate, which I think is yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, I have friends from all different faiths. I reconnected with a friend of mine not too long ago, and we were both talking about getting back into the Buddhism and chanting and I was doing it for a while. And then as the way I usually am, I'll stop. Um, But she kept going and then it's all the time, you know, you got to get to the center. You got to get to the center. Now, of course, everything is closed, but um, I do find that certain things that I do kind of, well, not kind of, the, the things that I'm doing are centering me and keeping me focused on what it is that I need to accomplish. And like I told you earlier before, I listen to the call of Allah every morning. And like I said nice. to you when we were talking offline, the only reason why I started listening to this was because I was watching these different uh, Arab guys who go on these ghost hunting explorations and they're praying while they're walking through, you know, all of these abandoned places. And then, of course, my curiosity gets the best of me. Well, gee, what does that mean? And, you know, why do they keep saying it over and over? Bismillah, bismillah, you know. And then when I looked yeah. it up and I found this video on YouTube, I got really choked up. I mean, just the other morning I was listening to it and he just hits this certain note. And I was just like, you know, like I just felt myself really internalizing what it is that I'm hearing. I don't understand what it is that he's saying, but what, what it is, is what's touching me. And, and for me, it's more of a spiritual thing, not so much of this is the religion. This is the way you have to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the spiritual journey that I'm on, you know, and yeah, and awesome. I practice exactly. all of these different things. That's awesome. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm currently teaching myself Arabic so that I can, uh, I would like to read the Quran in Arabic. You know, I, I've only read it in English uh, two and a half times so far. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe three times you could say if you count the times I like chopped it up and read it in pieces, not front to back. But um, you know, I really like to learn Arabic. I'm teaching my muse in Rosetta Stone, and I study. I'm, not, you know, this month I haven't studied as much as I want to, but by uh, right. by next by May, I'll be able to like say a few things. I know about 220 vocabulary words, but I'm I'm studying. Well, so good. I now you can teach me. <laughs> yeah, because I want to read Arabic. You can teach me a word. 
<laughs> no, I, let me tell like you something. Words every day. I'll never be able to teach you, but I, I, Rosetta Stone, the way to go. If you want to learn a language, okay. it's I learned I learned some Russian from Rosetta uh-huh. Stone, and now I'm learning Arabic. And let me tell you, Arabic is not a simple language, but I'm learning it with ease because of this program. I, it's a good program. Wow, interesting. Well, it's again, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being on the show. This was super, super informative. I really love the topics that Great. we hit, and definitely Same. discussing the religion and spiritual aspects of everything, including your journey, which I think it's important because everybody <sighs> that we're all living here, we're all having our personal spiritual experience, and it yeah. should be personal. Yeah, it shouldn't be for everybody, just for yourself. Right. And I can't thank right. you enough for being on the show here tonight. It was awesome. And, thank you know, you I just... Thank you so much also. <laughs> you see, I told you we were going to dig deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but really, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. You know, it's great to be able to talk about these things. And, you know, I commend you for, you know, Diving into these topics, you know, because I think it's stuff that people need to hear. So I appreciate you, Maribel. Thank you. Thank you. So with all that being said. (laughs) Yes, thank you for listening. Because Madam Marguerite has done a video version on her end, which she will put it up. So I hope that you guys support her and watch the video um and again thank you so much this is maribel blue signing off i just want to say again you know while we're still on lockdown wash your hands which i'm sure you've heard hundreds of times um you know stay safe and when this is all over and done with please don't go back and do the same thing that you were doing before continue the path on being vigilant because i think it's so important that we do that, you know, not only for ourselves, but for society, you know, even now when I go food shopping, like I went food shopping yesterday, I didn't feel the need to grab 300 boxes of tissue, you know, one is enough. And, you know, it really is about sharing. You're like, we used to hear when we were growing up, sharing is caring. So that's what we need to do and just be vigilant and mind our P's and Q's. So with all that being said, I just want to say one more time. I have, I have to say this because it feels good to say it because I can brag just a little bit, (laughs) but not let it get to my head that on Monday on skyhawkafterdark.com, the show with Brent Hadley and his wife, Caitlin, they will be discussing their relationship on swinger life, on communication, things that they are doing now that they, that Brent is no longer on the Howard Stern show. So definitely listen to that interview. It's a great interview following the weeks later, King Lexa and then Dr. Susie. And of course, we have lots more interviews coming in the future. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank again, Madam Marguerite, for being on the show tonight. Definitely tune in next week for another Unfiltered. And of course, I mean, I've been trying to kind of gear myself up 
for my reappearance of YouTube. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I guess now I'm going to have to do it. But it's time Mm -hmm. for me to come back to the YouTube family and start doing my commentary on reality TV. Yes, I know a lot of people are doing it, but you don't do it like me. And we all know that I have that sinful love and pleasure for reality television. So I will be making my debut again on YouTube. So look out for that. So that's it. The end of the show. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you again to Madam Marguerite. I can't say thank you enough. This has just been a tremendous evening. And with all yeah. that being said, yes, with all that being said, as I always end with all of my shows, always remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and most importantly, take care of you. Bye, everybody. Peace.